any movement I made in my day was to prepare my children to have a better life without me or to contribute to getting my affairs in order. there, my name is Sean and this is Suicide Noted. On this podcast, I talk with suicide attempt survivors so that we can hear their stories. Every year around the world, millions of people try to take their own lives and we almost never talk about it. And when we do talk about it, many of us, including me, we are not very good at it. So one of my goals with this podcast is to have more conversations and hopefully better conversations with attempt survivors. As always, I want to thank all of the attempt survivors who have joined me here on this podcast since we launched back in July of 2020, and to everybody who listens. Thank you. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. There's a few ways to do that. One, email hello at suicidenoted.com on Facebook or Twitter at suicidenoted. There are several links in the show notes. The first one is to leave us a recorded message. Obviously, another way to reach out to us. You will also find links to help us out financially. We could use the help as we try to expand and reach more people so they can feel a little less shitty and a little less alone. I want them to hear these stories. As well as a link to a virtual event. It's called the Mental Health Happiest Hour. It's an open mic we have every four to six weeks. You can come and tell a story or listen to some stories. And I want to add that we had our first curated event around uh, suicide attempt survivor stories, personal narrative stories. That was last Sunday evening, and it went really well. So if you were part of that, thank you. And if you weren't, you should check it out. It's pretty powerful. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, it helps a great deal, a whole lot, if you rate and or review this podcast. So if you have a moment, please help us out by doing that. It helps people find the podcast, and we want more people to find the podcast because there's a whole lot of people out there that I think need to hear this stuff. Now, please keep in mind that we are talking about suicide on this podcast. Uh, It may not be a good fit for everybody, so take that into account before or as you listen. But I do hope you listen because there's so much to learn. Today, I'm talking with Amber. Amber lives in Texas and she is a suicide attempt survivor. I'm talking to Amber. She is in her car, which is interesting because I have spoken to several people in their cars. I think I should start an entire podcast just talking to people in their cars. I really do. Yeah, it's a safe space nowadays. Right. And you're wearing glasses. You've got a couple of tattoos. Yes. What uh, what kind of car are you in? Just a Nissan Rogue. All right. And you're in Texas. We don't have to say where, but you're in Texas. Amber, you do realize that we're not really supposed to be talking about this subject, right? Because nobody talks about suicide. Well, yeah. So what are we doing? We're going to talk about it. Why do you want to talk about it? Because it's supposed to be talked about. Mm, I didn't get the memo. No, no. Uh, I don't think most people did. We got to get a memo out. Yeah. A lot of people have, and I've noticed. We have to create, you and me, we'll create like an email campaign to the world. All right. Let's talk about suicide. Let's just jump right in. We could dilly-dally. We could make small talk, but no one really gives a shit about small talk. That's why it's called small talk. We're here to do big talk. Okay. You heard, you found the podcast. You listened to an episode or two. You reached out. We coordinated. We are talking. I suppose before I ask you about your attempt or attempts, 
why it is that you uh, on your presumably on your phone, but it could have been elsewhere. You put the uh, the S word in there. What were you What were you thinking about? Suicide, and just like every other little thought that comes with suicide, wondering like kind of make yourself feel better. It's weird how the human mind works. Yeah. So you found it, which is cool. Thank you for being open and talking about it because you know, like we talked about already, most people aren't. Even suicide attempt survivors, most of them are like, "Fuck no, tried. I'm moving on," or I'm thinking about it, but. I'm not talking about it to this fucking bald guy in North Carolina. Hell no. You're not that person. So where does the Amber story begin leading up to in the suicide attempt? I had mental health issues, obviously. I got with a narcissistic person. And uh, back whenever I was untreated for mental health and uh, was diagnosed with BPD, borderline personality disorder, which is big right now. With yeah. the whole recent trials, which is big... not accurate at all. BPD, people with BPD are uh, self-validation and other things which a narcissistic person tends to uh, feed. I didn't know I had any issues. I just thought I was super like, special. <laughs> He's been in my life for about six years, and I've never been able to get away from this person because he actually stalked me all the way to Ohio. <laughs> So, and I have a restraining order in Texas. It's a little bit different. Women are very, and you would think Ohio wouldn't respect women, but uh, it's different now. Hang on. Are you from Ohio? No, no. That was part of the BPD. I would just pick up and move sometimes. Oh, wow. uh, if they were too crazy and it, I couldn't get things to settle down fast enough, like with my ex. And I have ADHD. You're going to be able to tell. but. My doctor has said that my BPD was triggered by this relationship, which mm-hmm. now like I'm having to be take off medicine because I don't re- meet requirements because you don't get stuck with BPD forever if you put in the work. So, and you can actually like get better. He He's just very persistent and um, very, and we have a child. Okay. It's just constant harassment, constant uh, showing up to my job. I work in the medical field, 200 calls a day, calling my job, harassing my doctors. Wow. My doctor has had to call me saying, hey, just to let you know, I think that your ex is trying to attempt a swatting on you. And I never heard that (laughs) besides like video games. And he explained how it would be related to saying I'm mentally well and trying to get cops to show up to wherever I'm at to say that I'm about to kill myself. But now it's different, I guess, because I actually tried because of all this. Swatting is when somebody uh, calls the cops. And so the cops come, even though you haven't done anything that would warrant them coming, right? Yeah. Yeah. I work in dialysis and I do, I perform dialysis, dialysis treatments on patients. I'm a patient advocate. So like, I work like probably 18 hours a day. He would get cops to show up at my job saying I'm in the middle of trying to like unalive myself. And he would try and get my doctor to show up to my job. Just the constant harassment and abuse of that sort. And then he had taken off with my son, you know, working during COVID. Did you want to kill him? Well, due to I'm in court dealing with a bunch of legal stuff. Yes, I did. (laughs) No, not like really. 
my whole family was harassed. I'm not close with my family. Like it, it spread all the way to my family. Like my family have no trespass orders. They have protective orders. But the only one that doesn't have one is me because his lawyer beat me to the judge before I did. But also my order was filed 10 weeks before his. But I live in Harris County. This county is the size of Connecticut. So women die all the time from abusers. We can perhaps deduce that not only do women die all the time, but not rich or even poor women really die a lot. People who are not rich or, and he's not rich. He, I've worked, he stayed home, which is fine, but it's, he did things that you should do at home while, you know, the other person works. If you don't come from a family who has money, then you're shit. You're done. Yeah. You just contribute until you die. Yeah. Right, right, right. Which is really good for your mental health, by the way. Oh, yeah. All right. Let me go back for a sec. So a couple of the questions that might not even seem related. Where did you grow up? Well, I was born in Amarillo. I grew up down here, Houston. When you were younger, as a kid or even into your teens, was suicide ever even on your mind? Yes. I just always thought about it. Uh, Just like how I grew up, I only had my dad. And then I raised like all my siblings. All right. I have a sense from talking to people that most people think about it in some form, you know, sort of just existentially curiosity. Do you recall when it got a little more serious for you? Whenever I met my ex about six years ago, that's whenever Mm. it became suicidal ideation. Would you plan? Yeah, I had notes uh, for everybody. But whenever I started getting help, that's whenever everything got better. It was like 360. And I never thought about it. I've been getting help for two years. And so for the past two years, never thought about it. It was just keep my eye on the prize. What's the prize? Oh, I ended up getting help um, for my mental health so I can get away from an abusive relationship. So six years ago, it started and two years ago, you got the help. So for four years, yeah, it sounds like it was, that a special- was all I thought about every day. Any movement I made in my day was to prepare my children to have a better life without me or to contribute to getting my affairs in order. How many kids do you have? I have three. Every day? Every day. Affairs in order, better life for your kids. Again, hard question. What stopped you from- from My kids. Your kids. Yeah. Because you just said, correct me if I'm wrong, that you were trying to prepare them for a better life. Yeah. Whenever you would see them and you would have everything, you would just be like, this one more day isn't enough. I I can't send them off to their dads for the weekend and do that to myself. They're having a hard time right now. Their dad doesn't know how to do it, uh, which is my ex-husband. He's fine. He's not a piece of shit, but we were 17 when we got married. He's the father of my two older children. The very unwell piece of shit is the one for the youngest child. The one and the one you were referencing earlier who was essentially stalking you and doing those other things is the father yeah. of your child. Okay. Yeah. Am I am I wrong here? Is the guy who we're talking about is he still in the picture? No, he's no, he's not my partner. We're actually in a really big court battle. All right. So you split from him. 
that must be tricky though, because you've got your kids and your ex-husband and him. And that, so that that's a lot to juggle. It sounds like. Yeah. But me and my ex-husband, we went through the same things as kids and we had to survive together. So like, we are like arm in arm, like, Oh, I don't really like you, but we got this. He's tapped in so that I can deal with my court issues with, and then try and get everything taken care of about this. Yeah. I'm talking to you and not to him, but I'm one, I just can't help but wonder what it must be like for him to see his ex-wife in such a situation, the mother of his two children. It makes him upset because we're we're best friends. Like we were kids. We grew up together, but he has a wife and she went through a similar thing and she's a social worker. We have a pretty good dynamic. They check in, like we live right by each other. It's just, I don't want my kids seeing any kind of drama, like, cause he might still show up to my, my home. The more recent guy. Yeah. We're hoping cause everything should be settled before his summer visitation is up. My ex-husband, some of my kids will be able to come back home because we just recently moved and had to pretty much start over. So for those four years every day, man, and you said you wrote notes, those probably are hard notes to write. Like to actually try to feel like, all right, I covered it all. At that point, it was trying to redo a note. That was just like a like a Thursday for me. Did you know how you were going to do it if you did it? Uh, yeah, at that point, yeah, which is very different from what I actually did end up doing. But yeah, I am um, down to, I got to do it here. So no one has to clean up a mess because I know that no one knows how to clean up a mess over here. Or I don't want it to be in an area where it may be viewed by my children or where my dog might come up to me. Mm. Like I went deep into thought about it. So you got to go somewhere. Yeah. Secluded. Mm. What did you end up doing? What I ended up doing was I was about to be taken off of my medication at the time. My uh, illness that I had uh, flared up. From all this, I was on Lamictal. I took Lamictal and just went to sleep. My ex had taken off with my kid. I was just tired because I always go through the whole thing of fake it till you make it and put that kind of energy out there. You know, I was still talking with my psychiatrist and my therapist. It was all good. And then all of a sudden, for probably eight to 10 hours, it just flipped. I see my kids all the time from my ex-husband. We uh, went swimming, had a really good family day, which is check. You know, I know how to fake it, Tom, make it. Had the best time with my kids. Very memorable. I wasn't being able to see my child from my uh, abusive ex-partner. And anytime I would try and call, it was, you have to have a conversation about us. Let's be together. And at this point, I have already been broken up from him since last year of November. And this has been going constant every day since November. November of 2021? Yeah. When was that taking the 4,500? That was in April. 2022? Yeah. Because, you know, whenever I started therapy two years ago, first thing I said to my doctors is my goal is to get better to leave. You know, it took me a bit, but because you have to do things right. But 
I was able to actually make the move and have everything ready to where I thought nothing could happen. He can't stalk me. He can't do this. Because every time I did leave, it ended up me with me back with him because of stalking or other. Just so anyone who hears this understands, when you say leave, you don't mean leave the earth. You mean leave your partner at the time. Yes. I left to where we didn't see each other. We could just be apart. So I can continue to be on the earth. At that point, it was either I was going to die by the hands of another man and another person, or I was going to do it my goddamn self because I'm not going to let somebody else do that to me. Five months later. It's it's like even worse. Constant, constant, constant. So I had visited with my children. We went and made sure we had, they had all their stuff. I would always like make sure they all their shoes were good. And okay, well, my, my oldest does violin. So I made them like play. I was like being the tough mom, but also making a great day so that they can remember like, this is how mom was. You had to get your shit done. Mom made sure we were good and we had fun. So we did that. And then called my ex, my abusive ex-partner to try and uh, talk with my son because me and my youngest son, we love the moon. We're obsessed with it. He's five. And since he was little, I'd always be like, I love you, moon. I love you, moon. It was a full moon that night. So I called to ask to talk to my son to be able to look at the moon at the same time with my son for the last time. It did not get to happen. And then after that, I just sat by the pool and I took all my lamotrigine, my lamictal. At the pool? Yeah. Did you want to like take them and kind of fall into the pool and sort of drown? No, I just, I just liked the water. Okay. And it was very relaxing. There was nothing to, to be distracted by. I guess at that time, because I was asking to look at the moon, yeah. he called ambulance. Your ex. They started calling uh, my phone while I was at the pool. And they kept on calling. So I gave them the wrong address. I was like, no, I'm not suicidal. I'm fine. And that was after I'd taken the pills. So I'm like, wow, shit. Um, I just gave them the wrong address. They said that's the only way that they could cancel the cause if they told the EMS what address it was so they can cancel it. About an hour later, not not even an hour. It seemed like an hour. And whenever you're in that state of mind, time is different, obviously. I stumbled into bed, which at the time, I, I'm very good at not letting people know how I feel. I had met this guy, very nice, very nice. No one knew. I went and laid down and I just thought if I'm going to die and how I'm going to die is being laying down next to someone who's not mean to me. It's kind of lame once you think about it now, but um, then like an hour later, pounding at the door started going on. I was aware, but I wasn't able to move. It was police, uh, not EMS. Police. Oh, no. They're more worried about you not doing something you're not supposed to do. What were you not supposed to do? Oh, you're not supposed to try and kill yourself. That's illegal, apparently. You You need to be alive. Why? So you can collect taxes. Oh, work contribute. Is it illegal to kill to attempt suicide? They can go on your record with a 5150. It seems like it is illegal because EMS didn't show up for quite some time, and police uh, were letting me um, 
seize and vomit and wouldn't let my boyfriend touch me. Presumably police who have absolutely no idea. I was non-responsive. It was at that moment. It was the moment when people talk about they're gone or they're slipping away and they're like up here and their bodies down here. That's exactly what it was. Wow. Police were dragged the, the guy I had fell asleep with in the living room and interrogated him while I was seizing. And one officer just stared at me. Hey, uh, Sha Turner. I'm like, don't touch her. They so, thought that he was responsible, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, they were just worried about the crime that may have been committed. I have more questions about this 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 evening because uh, but what does the boyfriend say? He's like, I have no idea what's going on, but you need to call AMS. She's puking. He's right. like, I don't know what's wrong with her. Which was true. Yeah. Yep. Did he ever find out that it was a, an attempted suicide? Yeah. Mm. What did he say? He felt really um, bad because he couldn't tell. He mm. thought I was doing really great. Mm-hmm. And he was like, cheering me on him and my ex-husband would like hang out and be like yeah dude she's such a badass handling all all her shit and getting better my family and him be like they would be talking my family would say i've never seen her this level-headed in years i've never seen her this good they but they know you well enough to know i i presume that you're good at hiding things because you told me no no uh, I don't really talk with my family. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm very. I don't get personal. This is the most personal I've ever been in my life. No way. Well, besides like giving birth to my children, but uh, <laughs> I am in rare. I'm, I'm not an open person, and I actually went to school for psychology, and then I have a you know bachelor's in science with nursing and everything. Uh, it's really good for me to mask my feelings. Mm-hmm. And try and amp everybody else up. Fake it till you make it. Look confident and then everything else is going to have a domino effect of confidence. Do you believe that? Not anymore. Yeah. I never really believed that. but No. I I was the biggest believer of that. But not anymore. Do you... I'm not going to ask why, but I'm wondering... Whenever somebody says to me, I am not an open person, I just... I'm like, huh, really? Okay. Like, I kind of feel like that is just never healthy, but I could be wrong. Before I was, I was an open person about everything, but I wasn't an open person to people about how I was or how I felt. That's just how I was. But now I I realized that was probably the most unhealthiest thing I've ever did was not communicate and not be open. Right. Does it feel weird to talk to me and be more open than usual? A little bit, but also I'm at the point in my life where you don't have time to feel bad or shy or scared because right now it's like a fight for your life and a fight for everything that you've made of yourself. Because if you don't be open about it, then things are going to be handled and people aren't going to know. In court, I have been, I have had to be very open and like with my attorney. And When you say things aren't going to be handled, it sounds like you're thinking about your children. Yeah, people need to know the extent of my feelings and how I felt because I didn't feel safe. Right. And even though I had feelings of suicide and stuff, ultimately, legally, that is when it boils down, I wasn't safe. I did not feel safe. Mm -hmm. So if I can't communicate my feelings, that feeling of being unsafe can't be reciprocated, not reciprocated, 
known. They can't know that it was that bad to where I didn't feel safe that I had to just. And plus, I feel like my situation is I didn't lose like a video game and be upset and try and kill myself. It's been years of abuse. A lot of people are going through that. If you don't be open about that, people aren't going to know. You're just going to look like you just want to kill yourself. I think also maybe is it easier to talk to strangers sometimes? It's easier to talk to strangers and people who are also going through a hard time. Sure. It has nothing to do with me being bald, right? Well, actually, I, uh, I'm very surprised I'm able to talk to you because I do have a very weird theory on people who are bald. No, just that y'all are probably just really big assholes and are salty. My ex-husband, he's, uh, he's bald. No, I think you're right. I'm definitely an asshole and salty. Yeah. 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 Kind of connecting to what you just said about opening up. Is there anyone in your life, including your therapist, who you feel like you can have a good conversation with? She calls out my bullshit. And sometimes because the type of relationship I was in, yeah, I, uh, I need someone that will not sugarcoat stuff and tell me, am I crazy or, or am I the crazy one? And, you know, tell her things that are totally unbiased and even like videos and recordings, like say it how it is. Don't bullshit me. Be honest. Call me out. How often do you see this person, that the therapist? Right now it is down to twice a month. I was doing uh, twice a week with her. Anyone else in your life? Uh, my psychiatrist. Someone you don't pay. I have my family and I don't talk tell my kids stuff. And then I have um, my domestic partner who um, has been, was there for the uh, attempt. And, oh, he stuck um, around. Yeah, I surprisingly stayed around. Um, I would have left. Does he know what you're talking about with me? Yeah. Yeah. He does. He thinks it's really good. Oh, cool. Let's go back if we can. So the police come, they're talking, harassing your boyfriend, domestic partner. Fast forward a little bit. What happens? You obviously don't die, but in the next 12, 24 hours, week, what happens? Well, I did die. My boyfriend actually... He finally got EMS to come and get me. The police were um, being very aggressive. And so he basically had to like start screaming because they wouldn't let him move. They were interrogating him on the couch. And so he was like yelling, trying to say, hey, we need EMS here. She's going to die. She's going to die. And he couldn't even see me. He could just hear the gargling and stuff. It took a while for EMS to come and get me. Um, When they got me... They couldn't get any kind of blood. All my stats were really not good. Pretty much my respirations were about like at a like three or four. My BP was 47 over 20, 29. Because at that moment, I am a medical person. So I'm sitting there trying to be quiet and listen to my vitals and be like, okay, am I dead? Mm -hmm. All right, I'm about to die. Hold on. Then I started seeing like, my grandma and then my grandma called me a bitch and i was like oh shut the fuck up and i just kind of rolled my eyes and was trying to pay attention to where i was physically in the earth realm serving my body being transported and they were just saying she's gone she's gone she's gone and then i don't remember anything all i know is i woke up i don't remember when i woke up but i was in icu i was on a ventilator you know intubated brain damage respiratory failure. Yeah, I, I have acute brain injury. So it's like, I'm trying to like remember and uh, which I'm still recovering from. It's only been a couple months. I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
I ended up with respiratory failure, uh, discharged with respiratory failure, acute kidney failure, acute brain injury, a bunch of other stuff. I don't have the paper to start in front of me. The ICU had to be locked down due to harassment. Because of the X? Yeah. You won't stop. Nope. Not even when I was dying. I was only allowed to have my boyfriend in the room. No one else was allowed to come or leave. I woke up and did not know my name. I thought my name was my alias name. I didn't realize my name was what it was. Are you allowed to say your alias name? Yeah, Allison Silva. Oh, it's got a you got a last name. Yeah. Like, like in the witness protection program almost. I know. I yeah, that's how that's how serious domestic abuse and suicide and mental health all tie in together. It's so fucked up because like you can you can get a restraining order. I'm not saying that's easy to get, right? But but still, what so what? The person comes with a gun, they can still kill you. And I don't know what what do you do about that? And you know, even with suicide, it is legally, which I'm finding out in Texas, it is still a form of you committing suicide due to harassment, that's domestic abuse. Mm. That is criminal. Wow. But you have to fight for it, to the now for it. Right. Because if I weren't in court right now, they'll be like, oh yeah, this bitch just tried to kill herself. And again, who gets to go to court? People who can go to court. What does that mean? You have you can get off of work, you know, you're able to hire a lawyer, all these things that some people don't they'll just never have that opportunity. No. Nope. You don't hear and about thankfully, it. Thankfully, I have help paying for yeah. everything. I haven't had to pay for anything because first of all, I'm not working. I'm not I don't have a rich family. You know, a family member was actually able to get a loan, which is mind-blowing. So they have been able to pay a lawyer mm-hmm. to fight for everything. But How many people know about your suicide attempt? A couple people. With the ex, he has um, put all my business on social media. I oh. just made social media. I just like got a um, Facebook page not too long ago. I wonder what the legal issues are around somebody else making your shit public that you don't want to. I, that's got to be something that that lawyers are looking yeah. at. It's a yeah, weird, especially with the whole Johnny Depp and Amber Heard stuff, because we are in that dynamic. It is, but it's also a narcissist and someone that had a mental illness BPD. Which, when you see Amber Heard, that's not BPD at all. It's kind of sad that they even brought mental health up in that. Um, situation because it just stigmatized it more and set the mental health community back even more mm-hmm. uh, because it's not accurate at all. You can't ever just be a fucking hot mess to be a reason for it. And me having a psycholo- uh, psychology background, I can say it has to be something or someone's not getting paid. Right. I agree with that. Insurance companies aren't good with I'm a hot mess. She's a hot mess. They need a name. And you know, honestly, most insurances are just now recognizing BPD. So it is getting bigger now because before you couldn't get diagnosed with it because it wasn't part of the DSM-5 and it wasn't being, um, you couldn't charge for it. So fucked up. Yeah. Also, and this is completely unrelated. What a weird language that when you're describing what you've gone through. And so you said you have acute brain injury mm-hmm. for the, for a moment i heard a space cute <laughs> i was like what a weird language 
There's nothing. Is it cute? I don't, oh, she means acute. I'm serious. This is what my well, stupid. No, I always think that when I say it because I deal with acute kidney injuries because I'm a kidney uh, specialist. And so like, I'm always like trying to be like cute with the patients. I'm like, oh, you have an acute kidney injury. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I try to be funny about it. You know, I'm like, tea. it's take all it, fine. Take it till you make You're it. You're just dying. Do you wish that that evening uh, or afternoon evening in April had turned out differently? Either I wish that I died completely because that's the thing other people people don't talk about. Whenever you survive, there's so many bad things that's going to happen after that. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, fuck it, that. There's consequences to your actions. Everything that you're trying to get away from is going to be 10 times worse. I wish I did or but if i knew how to make everything better i wish i just wouldn't have done that in the first place but to be real at that time and even to this day i don't know how to make it better i'm just having to trust the process right you you said you saw your dead grandmother so do you believe in afterlife i'm i'm a raging uh atheist i do think that sometimes uh, the DMT in your body, whenever you're dying, it you're, it's like you're having a DMT trip. Mm-hmm. And I think I was just tripping when I saw my grandma. But also, then again, I feel like I'm trying to say it in a non-medical way, but also in a way to where everyone else can understand, you know, because brain injury. I'm trying to process my words and get them out there. I think that when we're dying, we we have DMT that is released through the brain. That is just kind of making the unreal things seem real. It's kind of like when people say your life flashes right before your eyes whenever you die. That's mm-hmm. the release of the chemicals. I don't think I don't think it's real, but I I've always believed that you are your own god. You are your own creator of your possibilities and your happiness but Mm -hmm. i do believe that you do have uh, like little spirit guides guiding you can you help me find mine i don't think i have one i'm pretty sure you're supposed to take like certain milligrams of like this i don't know you might find it in a pasture or something did you save the notes this time i did not have the notes i didn't have my notes i didn't have anything but i did find the notes after and i did get rid of everything Oh, did you have like a little yeah. burning ceremony? Yes, actually, I do burning ceremonies all the time. Anything that I want to release yeah, right. and let go of. Did you, how long were you in the hospital for? Like two weeks. Just to get physically better or did they start the whole? They weren't worried about what was wrong with me. They were worried that I tried to kill myself. So how did they handle that? Uh, someone had to babysit me. Well, that would prevent you presumably from killing yourself, but how did they help you? No, the actually the hospital probably made me worse. Uh, they were good about making sure that crazy didn't get in. Okay, but all the diagnosis that I was discharged with, I did not know till I actually looked at my discharge papers. I had no idea anything was wrong. What did they say? The papers uh, that I needed to start seeing all these specialists. That I was discharged with with everything that I had told you the brain injury. I did not know any of this. I oh. didn't know any scans were done. Keep it a secret. She I tried know. to kill herself. So why why should we tell her anything? Yeah. And actually, I only saw a doctor one time. That was 
the day I left. Wow. Yeah. That's (laughs) another thing that we're in the middle of trying to do is I actually got my hospital bill. The the hospital does not care about people with suicide attempts. No, no. They just care. They they treat you so badly. I probably would have been better off uh, not going to a hospital to deal with the suicide. I don't know where else I would go. That's the thing. There's nowhere else to go unless you're rich. Um, Yeah. Amber, the biggest challenge here, well, not the biggest, it's so tricky because when you're saying it, people think, well, you tried suicide. It's like this gaslighting thing where, you know, well, what do you know? That's why I talk about it because I might be able to convince some people that I'm not in that space. And so maybe they'll hear me. I don't know because I feel like when someone's an attempt survivor, they're just this or they're just that and we don't have to hear them or whatever. What was the bill? Give me a number. Twenty four thousand dollars. <laughs> I had no. Mm-mm. Tried two hundred thousand. Just fucking just- burn it. Burn it. Well, yeah, no, I'm not paying that. No, uh, I actually got an email saying, oh, here here is your um, your monthly bill payment. And it was like twenty three hundred dollars a month. I was like, ah. it should be noted here that. OK, no, but like when people talk about like, all right, so now you're going to claw your way back and have a good life. Your credit shot. Yeah. Like, and if you know somebody who can co-sign something, but a lot of people don't. So now what do you, you're never going to own shit. Or if you do, you're going to pay cash and who the fuck. And that, and that's just a tiny example. There's dozens of others. World oh. isn't cut out for people who are not rich. At the end of the day, if we all had healthcare, a million of our problems would be solved. Just healthcare. So many people could actually have money. Bleeds into everything else. Yeah, and, and I'm just like, well, shit. Oh, well. I am yeah. astounded by that number. And I'm almost never astounded by anything. Yeah. yeah. And I work in the medical field and I know how much everything costs. And like, I, I literally dropped my knees when I saw that. All right. Here's the question. Everybody knows this question's coming. If they've heard the podcast, 30 years old. Mm-hmm. What's your birthday? June 25th. I'm a oh, cancer. Ooh, you're going to make it to 31 because that's right around the corner. Yeah. I think. Or are you? Yeah. 32? You know, I don't like making promises I don't, I can't keep. But right. my goal mm. at the moment, given the circumstances, are to make it to 32. Mm-hmm. Day by day. Yep. Good old capitalism. Let's uh, keep it a trucking along. Fake it till you make it. Curious, like what helps you feel less shitty? Before it used to be um, just so you know, I don't have anything I own. Everything was taken in my house, which Mm -hmm. whenever I moved, I had to move with nothing. So it used to be all my um, all my art. I would make art, uh, make jewelry, you know, and my dog. My I would love to cuddle my dog. Can I see your dog? No, I, I don't have anything I have. Oh, the dog is gone? Um, the ex is currently has all of my possessions, all the way down to my underwear, my nail clippers, everything. But he has nothing. And when a narcissist doesn't have control of something, he will grasp at everything. Yeah. There's no control over his own. So he has to control something, which it's okay. I've been shopping, <laughs> but not for a new dog. <laughs> that sounds really bad. I love my dog. I miss him. Yeah. He looks like Ozzy Osbourne. Never heard that as a dog, right? Ozzy dog. 
last question I have, and then I'll open it up to anything else you want to add. Uh, uh, I always ask about myths, and some of these have already come up, uh, even though I didn't explicitly ask that. But are, are there any myths around uh, mental illness, suicide, abuse, or assault? No story is the same. Everyone's story is valid. You're not crazy. Situations are bad. It's 2022. We live in the United States. I think that's fair enough. Yeah. And people are shit. And sometimes we're shit. Got to take accountability. And try and grasp on to somebody that is a good support. Hold on. Don't fake it till you make it, but try and follow the process. Use your voice. Don't hide anything. Like you're doing. Yes. Thank you. I think people will appreciate it. Amber and hey, hope you do okay. Oh, I will. It'll be fine. Peace. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. And special thanks to Amber down in Texas. Thank you, Amber. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com on Facebook or Twitter at SuicideNoted. There are a few links in the show notes. One you will find is to leave us a recorded message. So please, if you'd like to do that, we'd love to hear from you. There are a couple of links to help us out financially if you have an interest and means to do that, as well as a link to an upcoming event, a storytelling event, an open mic. It's virtual. It's called the Mental Health Happyish Hour. And if you'd like to tell a story or just come and listen, we'd love to have you. And that is all for episode number 126. Stay strong. Do the best you can. I'll talk to you soon.